0: Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by human synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined on the show this week by our head of consulting, Corinne Cantor. Hey, Corinne. Hi, Dom. How are you? I'm well. It's good Uh, to be back. It's good to be back. We did an episode some time ago on something we call the groan Zone. Yeah. And we've had a lot of questions about it and primarily, how do you overcome it? And yeah. So I thought today uh, we could answer those uh, okay. and expand on that. So maybe for those who, who haven't heard that old episode, what is the Grown Zone? What, what's it all about?
1: Well, the Grown Zone is a term that was applied and developed by Sam Kainer. He wrote a book on facilitating decision-making. And that's where I first heard about it. And I love the term a groan zone because what it describes is kind of what happens in the middle of a conversation when a team that is discussing a particular problem or a, a challenge or opportunity they're trying to realize hit what feels like a brick wall or they feel like they're stuck. There's an impasse. There's an impasse. And so the groan zone can typically you recognize it. I always get teams to identify what their groan zone looks like. Mm. And it's usually a combination of frustration, people checking out, sarcasm, kind of little, you know, diggy comments or people being feeling tired because it's exhausted and so they don't have the energy to keep concentrating. Uh-huh. And a lot of teams can make the mistake of feeling that if they hit a grown zone, then they're ineffective Uh as a team, that they're dysfunctional or it's a problem in the team and we've got to get help with it. And I like to reframe it. I don't think it's a problem. I think even the most highest of performing teams hit a grown zone. What makes a, a high performing team really effective is the ability to navigate through the grown zone wow. and see it for what it is. So typically what happens is it becomes a kind of that middle conversation where we're trying to either get to a decision, that's how Sam Kaner talks about it, but we might be problem solving, we might be generating ideas. And so what happens is as the conversation, if it's a simple thing, it's easy, it's right. more kind of linear, you know, everybody can, it's easy to get on board. But what happens when you hit the groan zone is people have what feel like to be competing ideas Uh and so it may be that you start to get some confusion as people, you get some people trying to push their idea forward, you Mm. get some people getting frustrated because they don't feel like they're being listened to, Mm. you get some people who kind of feel a bit disengaged by the whole conversation and it just feels messy and it feels kind of exhausting to go through. But generally what's happening, it's a grapple. It's a grapple for people in a team to really try and understand. It's the process of creating shared understanding, a common pool of information. And so, of course, what you've got to do is kind of decipher and decode and be patient with it. Now, the risk with the groan zone is people Get tired and fed up. And so they move away from each other. They check right. out. Right. But of course, the only way of getting through the grown zone is to stay connected with each other, stay committed to seeing the grown zone for what it is. It, it's an opportunity. There's gold that can come from a grown zone if you can stick with everybody and commit to having the dialogue to make it, to help it reveal
0: or emerge through the discussion. That, that's interesting. You know, to, to your point, I think every team I've ever been in, you <laughs> know, the Grown Zone. Always, I always. I, I was just thinking about it. I was like, I think every team. I think it's a law. Right? Like I, think I think the Grown prob- Zone's a prob- law. It probably is, right? <laughs> and when you're making that, you know, to your point, it's the tricky decisions. If it's an easy one, it's easy, right? We don't yeah. need to think about it. But where there's like, oh, like it's not easy, there's competing things. Yeah, it's, it's not-
1: a complex issue, so there might be multiple possibilities, you know, and I think that what's interesting about, conversations that teams have. The conversation in a team meeting is where the, a team does its work. It's oh. not actually when they go away. The team actually does right. its work right. in through yeah, conversation and problem solving and decision making. And so it's worth persisting with, but it can be helpful to have some tools.
0: That's it. And so- It's about that commitment. We're We're committed to sticking it through because I see teams where it's like, ooh, let's take that offline, which means we're never going to come back to it. (laughs) That's right. It's just the
1: quickest way of getting out of the room. Or
0: something (laughs) like that, right, or we crack a joke, we move on the conversation or or we'll come back to it, which is because we've hit that groan zone, it's like, ooh, we don't know how to navigate. And
1: And and some people, I think, because sometimes heat can be generated in the groan zone where people are getting a bit frustrated with each other. And I think that sometimes – what happens is people can't handle the heat. They want to diffuse the heat because they interpret it as conflict or uh-huh. personal, which is a mistake. Uh-huh. A heat's not the same. Heat in a conversation is not the same as conflict necessarily. And even when it is, you have less chance of working through it if you abandon it. Okay. Yes. It just remains a bit of a, a sore spot uh-huh. in the team that kind of then follows everybody around. Right. And it becomes kind of a personal judgment about someone's personality or people's personality. Oh, you know, Dom was so unreasonable in that. He's a real pushy. So we start right. to label
0: the person, the
1: person, rather than understand what was really going on in that moment. Was we had a clash of positions. We were both too identified with. Pitching a particular
0: solution, and uh-huh. we weren't actually able to listen to each other. Could it also be, Corinne, where, like, you know, the sales manager is clashing with the operations per- you know, manager or something like that? And it's just, a, you know, she's just a salesperson. Yeah. Like, yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's that kind of personal job, oh, They're operation, they don't, they're not commercial. They don't yeah. understand. Do you know what I mean? Like, those, those sort of, because it's sort of a personal level. Like, they, they don't get so. it. They don't get what I'm saying. Because- yeah. I think
1: that's more kind of, an interpersonal model clash, right? That right. becomes a personality issue. Right. Whereas what I want to do with the grown zone is kind of keep it to the team conversation gotcha. and what happens because, you know, Sam Kane's work in there. And I think where I've used the term the grown zone is to help teams name it. Notice it and name it and not mm-hmm. panic that the work's getting away from them, that the team is falling apart to just reframe it so they see it as an opportunity and a continuation of the conversation rather than hitting a brick wall.
0: Mm, I like that because it feels, you can feel like, oh, this isn't going well, like, oh, we can't come together. Yeah. So I'd love your seven tips. My seven tips. On how do we break through this grown zone? Because I yeah. think everyone here, me included, can relate to it. We've all been in the grown zone. We've seen the grown zone. We've experienced the grown zone. How do we break through?
1: And not all. All of these ideas, I invented. In fact, most of them I haven't. But they're tools that I think are easy to apply. You can listen to them once and apply it. It's that kind of ease, and they're in no particular order. Okay. So, shall we go with number one? We'll we'll go with number one. There's no no particular
0: order. (laughs) (laughs) Number one. Frame the work.
1: Yeah. So, I think the first thing that teams need to do is when you're embarking on conversation. A problem that you've got to solve or something that is a decision-making issue, issue requires decision-making, you've got to be really clear about what you're doing. And so framing the work means is that you've got to be clear about the question that you're answering. What problem is it that we're trying to solve? Mm -hmm. Why is this worth talking about together? Okay. Why is it are we discussing this problem as a team Uh versus somebody just going off and solving it themselves? Okay, so it's kind of reminding them that the value of problem-solving decision-making out loud in a team is usually because you need everybody's input, the quality of the solution is better, or it's something that everybody's got skin in the game in. So it means that everybody's going to be connected to it and everybody's support for the resulting decision is important. So what are we talking about? what is the question we're trying to solve? What is the challenge? What's the problem? And on top of that, why is it worth talking about together? Because I think that sometimes people can put something on an agenda that's ostensibly for kind of decision-making or problem solving, but it sounds like there's a lot of reporting that's going on. So just be clear about what-
0: Wait, tell me more, a lot of reporting that's going on.
1: Where there's a lot of detail around a particular issue and so we spend most of the time describing the issue, not even the problem. Right. Okay. So the history of it and what happened in Uh the past Uh and who was involved in the past and what happened. And so I think that it's really, let's just cut to the chase. What's the bottom line? What is the issue that we're trying to resolve? Mm. And I think when I think about what, are we talking about? It's usually It could be we've got to resolve something. It could be that we have to solve something. It could be that we need to find and establish what the issue is. We need to generate ideas. So that's what I mean. And it could also be the kind of de- the decision that I need to be made. The decision we need to make is also. So framing the work is what kind of conversation are we having and why are we having this conversation together?
0: Right. And so being clear on that of what we bring to the team and what's not a team decision because there's lots of stuff that's not.
1: So the outcome. What's the outcome? That we need. Now, one of the other tools that I'm going to talk to you about, which is a Sam Kainer tool, which I absolutely love, is Uh called gradients of agreement. Uh Now, gradients of agreement Is a scale, if you like, between I think it's one and eight around wholehearted agreement. Yes, I love it, let's go with it. One at one end. And at eight, it's I block this, I veto. And then there are different gradients along the way. So two is I agree with it, but there's this point that I disagree with, minor point of contention. Support with reservations for I abstain, I don't have a view one way or another way, it doesn't uh-huh. affect me. Uh-huh. Right up to you and a loved six is I don't like the idea personally, but I'm prepared to support it. Uh-huh. Okay? Yes, and then you know, seven serious disagreement, I'm not on board with this, don't count on me. Okay, so I love it because it's very clear yes. what the gradients are. The way that you would use it in a team is you can include it as part of the outcome this is a low risk, high impact decision. We need level six and above in Uh order to move forward. Okay. So you could even state what it is that you're after, or you could identify, people might identify, okay, this one doesn't, I don't have a view either way. Because a lot of the times with teams too, it's not, I think the number of times that the, an issue affects every single person in the team in exactly the same it's way really rare. is rare. Mm. You know, it's often three or four, four people. So I love the gradients of agreement. We can put it on
0: our show that's notes, awesome. but
1: people can also Google Sam Kane. gradients of agreement. I like agreement. that. You,
0: you call me out on the, yeah. you know, I don't love it, but I'll support yeah. it because that's often the standard I talk about with teams of, will you support it with your actions? Yeah. Which I think is, because yeah. that's the critical yeah. threshold, right? And, yeah. Because if I can't support it with my actions, then we need to talk about. Because if we need you to take action, that's not going to work.
1: And I think recently, one of the the recurring stories that I get from leaders and and team members and all sorts of organisation is that there seem to be a lot of people involved in the decision making process, Mm. and everybody seems to have an equal Uh vote. You know, Uh every vote has the same weight, regardless of whether you're involved in it or not. So I think the gradient of agreement. Gradients of agreement is a great tool for helping teams work out what level do we need to get to, rather than never getting to an end because we can't get consensus.
0: Well, what agreement. I like as well is it because it feels like because otherwise it's like yes or no. Yeah, like it, it's kind of one or zero. Yeah, and therefore if people aren't uh, on this scale a one or a two or something, they're a zero. Yeah, so whew, now it's hard work because we're going to yeah. get everyone up to uh, like I really. Love the idea. Yeah. Which I don't think is realistic on most solutions, particularly if it's contentious or whatever. Yeah. It's unrealistic to get that standard. And so I like just being able to split it out more. Because if there's people at the seven, eight end of the scale, it's good hey, enough. Well, no, seven, eight end of the scale. As, oh, and no. They're saying Sorry, no. it's not good enough. It's saying no. Yeah, yeah, they're saying no. Then we need to talk about it further. Exactly. Right. So,
1: or you ask the question, what further information do you need? Yeah you know so that you can explore it further but i think part of the value of that gradients of agreement isn't just about getting to agreement it's about taking a beat and understanding where the group's at and therefore asking a different question okay do we need to talk this out a bit more what kind of question do we need to answer to help us bridge that gap or it could be that we don't bridge that gap and if we can't get that kind of agreement maybe this issue is one we we need it uh-huh. And so if we can't get there, let's just call it uh-huh. and say we've got to find a different plan, okay, that actually takes on board right. people's concerns without right. it being a decision-making by committee, if you like.
0: Yeah, and I like it because sometimes it's like I think option A is the best idea and you're suggesting option B, which still works. Yeah. I just don't think it's as good as option A. Yeah. But that means I'm a one for option A on yeah. the scale. But I might still be a three yeah. or – you know, or five at worst, or something on yeah. on option B. Yeah, cool. We can still move ahead. Whereas I think otherwise we get into this thing where I think option A is better, and therefore it's yes to that and no to B. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's very so black or white. It's very black or white. Yep. So it gives us a bit more. Yeah, and room I think it move.
1: helps. It's new language, and it it's a tool. It actually like operates it. as a
0: tool. Oh, like it. I'm going to uh, definitely borrow that one and take it on. So that was the gradient. So we talked about frame the work. Gradients of agreement and no particular order. I had weight plus what. What's that one about? (laughs) Weight is
1: an acronym that one of my colleagues, Darius Norell from Neuro Leadership Institute, shared with me. And weight is an acronym for why am I talking? Mm -hmm. I love that. Now, the reason I love that is because what I observe when I sit in on team meetings is that sometimes the team spends a lot of time layering opinions and examples of stories that is essentially saying the same thing. And so somebody starts off by saying, I think this and this is why and this was my experience. And then you jump in and say, well, this is the story that I have around that experience. And then somebody else says exactly. So it, we're not creating any progress. It's not shedding any light. Yes, It's not particularly... Helping us consolidate the point, we're still in a descriptive phase. And so, what happens is the time is quickly passing away and we're still layering on opinion, opinion. And it's usually stories of the same point. It's like having a hundred. I had this experience. And I had that. Oh, yeah. And I had. Look, all of that can be important, but wait, why am I talking gets you to sort of ask yourself, Am I contributing something that will capture some value or am I adding to something that's already been – am I repeating something that's already been said? We're
0: just kind of, to your point, layering on top of it. Yeah, The point's already been made.
1: And sometimes that layering on top of it can be because sometimes it's part of the group, the team's warm-up, what I call a Mm warm-up. So if the warm-up is slow, they take a long time to get Mm. to the point but it might be that they need a warm up right. in order to kind of get to an issue that's got some heat in it or so a little bit, you know, prickly or where they feel like they're a bit on the line before talking about. It. So sometimes this can be an indication that they're avoiding the issue at hand, but sometimes it can just be part of their process. What I notice is that when you've got a team of strong individual problem solvers, they're each trying to solve the problem from their perspective even though their intention is to be a team player Mm. you know it's almost like an unconscious so I think Mm. weight is why am I talking what I'm about to say is it going to add value and help progress the discussion or does it is it repetitive keeping
0: us in the same spot keeping us in the same spot I love that one because I'm guilty of doing that. We're like, oh, we're all just chipping in our 10 cents on top, on top, on top. And so it's a good one just to, why am I talking? Why am I about to say this thing? Does it actually move us forward or can we just, can I keep it? So so that's a thanks to Darius for sharing that one like it. And what was the other one? one What I
1: made up all on my own, (laughs) (laughs) inspired by weight. I thought what is what am I reacting to? Hmm. So the reason I, I do that is when we talk about, you know, often, we think we're reacting to the situation or what somebody else said. Mm. Often what we're reacting to is the story that we've told ourselves about what they've said. Mm. Okay, so what am I reacting to? If you feel like you're being triggered, if you feel like you're suddenly impatient, you're frustrated Mm. because someone said something, then just hit the pause button and say, what am I reacting to here? And is that what they actually said or is that what I made it mean? Right,
0: Mm. yes.
1: And because often people get kind of agitated, not because of intent of the other person or what they
0: actually said. It's the story in their head about what they made that mean. Yeah, and that's why relationships matter so much because when someone shows up late, they could just be late because traffic was heavy or they're lazy. Yeah. (laughs) They're lazy. (laughs) That's right. You know, that's the story though. Yeah. Like depends what I tell myself. Yeah, yeah. or it's that
1: situation, you know, when – Somebody else makes a mistake. They're lazy. And uh-huh. when I've made a mistake, there's it, a really good reason for was it. Yeah,
0: it was, <laughs> it was all the traffic's fault.
1: So I think that's both of those, wait and wart, are just really good. Take a beat and just take a moment to mm. ask yourself, is what I'm adding repetitive? Does it keep us stuck or does it unlock us? Mm, and why that. am I saying it, you know? And then what am I reacting to if you feel kind of triggered?
0: Mm. Yeah, well, that that's a good one as well. What am I reacting to? Because yeah, sometimes you can get it built up in your head, and and now I'm, and sometimes I catch myself, Cromwell. Like I'm reacting to stuff, and I I can tell that I'm reacting rather (laughs) than thinking. (laughs) That's right. Rather than pausing, and like, and so it's good just to have a question to pull yourself out of that. Yeah. Like what am I? What am I reacting to right now? Okay. Yeah. And I'm I feeling a, a bit challenged or threatened by. Something, or I'm de- or, being,
1: I'm getting defensive. I'm, you I'm, know, I like,
0: feel that I'm getting defensive. Yeah,
1: and I remember um, I had a really good example. So some of the other tools, and I'll talk about this example, is transparency and curiosity. So where teams really get stuck in the groan zone is where they forget that what they've got to do is create a shared pool of understanding, common ground, or what is it that they all. No, okay, Mm. because very often if you're speaking from an individual perception of what it is that I've heard you say Mm. rather than confirm, Mm. okay, did I understand this Mm. correctly? Mm. Because you can't really make a decision until you've got a common, a shared understanding Mm. of the issue and that's the grapple is getting that shared understanding. So transparency and curiosity and suspending judgment. So three tools in one. Suspending judgment is take a beat and before you open your mouth and jump in, then just wait and what. And then with transparency, it's saying, okay, I'm going to share with you what I think and feel and all the information that I have about this. And curiosity is to for me to ask you, what do you know about this? How do you think about this? What do you feel about this? Mm. So it's really trying to surface everything. And if you can imagine creating a giant pool of information in the middle Mm. so everybody can see it, everybody Mm. can hear it, everybody understands it. Mm. And then the decision or the resolution comes from a shared understanding. From the shared understanding, you can jointly plan. A course of action. Mm. So the suspending is suspending judgment. Transparency is I'm going to be really open with you. And curiosity is I'm going to be really curious about where you're coming from. And I had a great example of this in a recent team that I was observing. And so they started with a frame for the work. Mm -hmm. But before they even got to the frame, somebody said, Is this the right problem for us to be working on? And one person in the team said, no, I think we should be working on this. And then people started to disagree that the problem they had raised was not the problem that uh-huh. they should be working on. And it was really interesting because they kind of got sidetracked in a way because I ended up talking about why this wasn't the problem they should work on uh-huh. for 15 minutes. Uh-huh. But what I really liked was somebody in the team and it wasn't the leader. And this is what I like about true teaming is you don't leave it up to the person with the authority. Right. To resolve it, so responsible for the you're all responsible Mm -hmm. for the dynamic, and so what this guy said said, look, I'm struggling with why you see this is something we need to talk about now. This is why I'm struggling with you. Can you help me understand why you think why you're convinced it is the issue? Uh It was amazing to see. It was such a great question, and it came from a genuine. I'm grappling with this. Help me understand. Because you know the subtext was I respect you, I just don't get where you're coming from. Uh-huh. And I just saw the whole team and the person who was kind of arguing for this issue sort of go, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's this, there's this, there's this, and other people started to go, ah, oh, okay, got you, got uh-huh. you now, okay. And so that was one grown zone gateway
0: passed. I, I, I like that. So suspend judgment and just, and be curious. Those are kind of. And and be transparent because sometimes I
1: think people don't share the why behind their points or the why behind the question. So there might be something that doesn't make sense for them and so they deal with that through a statement, but I don't think that that's going to work because of X, Y, Z, when really they've assumed, what am I reacting to? They've assumed a condition that may not actually be correct. So I think that suspend judgment, be transparent about what's going on for you and be curious about others. Now, often when people say there's an absence of trust, you know, sometimes when the trust isn't there, what you should go for is mutual learning. And so a good way of building mutual learning and appreciation, respect is through transparency and curiosity. So it means that you can't hang on to critical information. You've got to be committed to sharing it with the team. Mm. So, I think they're three good kind of behavioral and mindset tools. The other two, one is just take call a timeout. Okay. Anybody in the team, if you see the team spinning their wheels, which is another sign of grown zone.
0: So, they're going around and around. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, one of the things I would say is as a team, sit down and brainstorm what your grown zones look like. Okay. And what I've done with other teams is ask each individual. What happens for them personally when they're in a grown zone and what might we expect to see?
0: Mm. Okay,
1: now we've had a lot of fun with that. Mm. Okay, what happens in the grown Mm. zone? What do our grown zones look like? What happens for me? But now we've got something to work with, you know, and so what it means is by being explicit about what our grown zone looks like, has looked like, everybody in the team is equipped to say time out I think we're in a groan zone. Can we just pause and just talk about what's going on and what do we need to attend to mm. in order to move
0: forward? Mm. I know that's one we use as a team. It is. And I love when someone yeah. does it because everyone knows it. <laughs> you you, you know what I mean? You all feel yeah. it. Like, oh, yeah. we're stuck in the groan zone. Yeah. And it's a relief actually when someone's like, can I hit the pause for a second? how's this conversation going? Is it moving us to where we need to be? And it's like, no, (laughs) we all know that. We're going around.
1: And I think too, when, you know, when we've done it in the past, because sometimes the person who calls the groan zone might actually be reacting from a place of discomfort with the kind of the cut and thrust, but it gives you an opportunity to check whether the team is in a groan zone or whether someone's reacted. But you know, one of the questions I remember our team asking when somebody called a groan zone was what led you to think we're in a groan zone and they said, well, we've been talking about this issue for, you know, last 15 minutes round and whatever. round and round. We're asking the same questions. We're not answering them. And so, we think, yeah, okay, it feels like a groan zone and they could see it. So I think naming what the groan zone symptoms are um, and it's not because you want to ignore it, abandon it. You want to go deeply in it, but you want to recognize that what's happening is not a clash of personalities. It's the team trying to grapple with coming to a joint understanding in order to make a decision. So timeout, call it. And the way that you call a timeout is you might have somebody we've talked about, some people in the team may not be as invested in mm. the issue. Mm. So they're in a perfect position to call right,
0: out, We call that a bystand,
1: right. right? Okay, hang on, I'm going to call it. I've seen the four of you go at this issue for about 10 minutes now. We haven't progressed it from when we started. What I'm wondering is what information do you need, Dom, in order for, you know, what do you need Corinne to answer, Dom, in order to be able to move forward? Right. So it's a observation reflected into the team by somebody else with a question right? that What do we need
0: to move in order to move forward? Yeah.
1: And and often if you can make it, what question needs to be answered? What information do you need? Something quite Mm. tactical Mm. and focused. The other thing I think too is so if you're you can either make it a bystand reflection and observation of a conversation that you're not invested in. If you are invested in it, own it. Say, hey, I am completely in the grown zone. I checked out about five minutes ago. I've just realized that that's what I've been doing. Can we stop? Okay. But own it so that it's an I, it's not speculation on everybody else.
0: You're in the grown zone.
1: Yeah, you're in the grown zone. I've noticed that, you you know, we don't know. You can only talk about yourself in that way. Uh So I think that's important. And then my last one is build, not bust. Mm. So this works at several levels. At one level, one of the things that I see unbelievably frequently mm. in meetings, somebody asks a question and no one answers it oh. and moves on to a new topic. Yeah,
0: I talk about going down the black hole. It's incredible Never though. Seen or it's, mentioned you again. know,
1: and of course, you know, I do it and you do it as well, but it's kind of almost unconscious that somebody asks something mm. and we're so connected to where we are that we lead with that and we don't answer the question or we ignore it. Sometimes we ignore it because it's too hard, Mm. but we don't even say it's too hard. Now, one of the things I think is interesting when you ignore a question, when it comes to desiring diversity of thought, what have we just done? You know, completely slam dunked it. Mm -hmm. Yes, sidelined it. So I think one of the things with Build Not Bust is at one level it means meet the last comment where it is or meet the person where they are, build on it. And it's also about not going straight into critique, yep. you know, acknowledge. If you can't like anything about it, at least acknowledge and say this is what I've heard. Okay. Now one thing that I read recently is that you can't say that you really understood something unless you can repeat that to the person who said it to their satisfaction. Mm-hmm. You know, often we think I've understood it Mm. because I'm satisfied that Mm. I understand it. But when you're in the build, not bust, you're saying, okay, can I just check that I've understood your intent? You know, this is what I've heard, da, 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 da. And so what that does is, A, it means that you've got your facts straight. Mm. It means that you've got the information that you need and you might find that you were wrong. And so you've got to revise your opinion. But it could be that you're right and you still disagree. So, but at least you've had an acknowledgement, you've met them where they are, and then you can disagree and explain why.
0: Totally. You know, because uh, I'll see people in just dealing with like emotional situations and stuff, of which this could be one. Bill, uh, like, oh, I get what you're saying, Corinne, but, but here's the sledgehammer of truth coming at you. <laughs> And meanwhile, you're sitting there like, I don't know if you really have heard what yeah, I said.
1: Yeah, and the number of times I've heard someone say, I love it when someone says, what Corinne's trying to say, and I'm like, oh,
0: okay. I'm right Let, here. Let's
1: go. let's go, let's go, let's see what i So, I'm so to instead say of or, what
0: Corinne's trying to say, it's what I've, it sounds like. Yeah, you know, what I've understood. What, I, what, I, what of I've heard, to me, what, what I've, I've understood, understood yeah. what it sounds like yeah. is you're advocating to do da-da-da yeah. because ba-ba-ba. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah.
1: Have I understood that right? I mean, go hard on owning your opinion. Mm. Go, you know, go low if not at all in kind of speculating about somebody else's view. And I think, you know, it's an age-old, the struggle is real because we interpret things differently and so the work of a team is to get literally on the same page, okay, You don't have to agree, but let's just first of all check that we're all at the same train station on the same platform Mm. taking the same train. Mm. And I think often I see it so common, people assume that they are, they don't. Mm. I mean we can go on with more tools. And The other tool that I think is confirm where you're at, Mm. okay? So we've just agreed X, Y, Z, have I got that? Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Can we move on? Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yep. I, I, and yes, I see that with teams all the time where they don't close off. Like we talk about the objectives, but we never explicitly agree the objectives. Yeah. You know, and we just assume everyone else has the same understanding as us. And they might or they might not.
1: No. You know, and, and often it's just because I've heard the words that you've said. I've just made them mean something completely different. So it's wart. what? What yes. am I reacting and, to?
0: And, and I'm and I'm assuming everyone's on the same page as me. And you know, like that might not be. Yeah. So I love just like explicitly closing, like so. It's one, like, what are the objectives? Okay, do we agree? It's one, two, three, four. But same with, you know, the actions or whatever. So what we're taking away is bomb, bomb, bomb. Is that right? Yes.
1: Yeah. So then you know? my, I mean, I, I kind of drew these up really quickly, and I think they are the main things, but there are all sorts of you know, other things that you can see play out in the team and that there can be
0: different antidotes for. So, Look, I, I love it. I've got uh, writing down notes as we went. I'm definitely going to have an experiment with some of those. I love particularly the gradients of agreement. That one really stood out to me. And the weight, which is one to teach but also one for myself as well. Eh? Like <laughs> I think I relate to that the weight and the wart.
1: Because sometimes it's just passion that gets you talking.
0: Yeah, and I love talking as well. Let's be honest, (laughs) that as well. So I love it. The seven tools, and we might have thrown in an eighth tool for breaking through that groan zone. We all go through it. I hope you know there's a couple in there, or all eight of them. Take them away, apply them. That's fantastic. Hey, Corinne, while I've got you, before we go, we've got our annual conference coming up. We do. Culture and Leadership. We've got a bunch of clients sharing their stories. We're going to have Rabobank there. We're going to have Macquarie University Sanitarium on our panel. We've got REA Group. We've got uh, Haynes. Haynes. We've got yourself who'll be in attendance. Uh, Sean McCarthy, so some of the HS All-Stars as well. It's going to be an awesome event. It is going to be an awesome event. It's
1: the first face-to-face event conference that we've had in three years. It's our 25th year of running conference. It is completely and utterly free. It's about three hours from 9 till 12.30 by the time we close. And in Sydney, it's on September the 5th. That's right. At the City
0: Recital Hall. City Recital Hall. Melbourne is the 13th of September at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre. We would love to see you there. Thanks, Corinne.